0: Go to CloudOptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's CloudOptimizer.com. You go.
1: You go. Smoke. Smoke is the nothing personal word of the day. Today is Friday. Just another manic Friday. Wish it were Sunday, because that's my fun day. Smoke as in a great expression in sports. When we read rumors, we spend a lot of time, you know, it's funny, executives are just like you are. We all read the rumors and when it's about us, we dismiss them because they're totally untrue. But when we read a rumor about someone else, by definition, we assume that it's true. It's actually a very bizarre brain trick that is played, that we all play on ourselves, that it plays on us. It's like when you, if your name is in the paper and it's in the middle of an article and you obsess over it and you call a PR person or you call a lawyer or you call your friends and family and they've gone through the paper, they've gone through the article and they don't even remember seeing your name. That's happened several times where you think it takes on this sort of level of self-importance. Oh my God, people are focused on this totally. And so you've known from watching and listening, nothing personal, that very often we'll use the media in order to get information out there. And we'll use the media to get incorrect information out there in order to help us with a free agent or help with the trade or help with a signing or help with a hiring, anything that we're doing. Anytime that we can use the information highway, we are going to put on our seatbelts and use it. But of course, what we have to protect ourselves against is when we are in that competitive mode and we read something about someone else. So, for example, when we want a certain player and then we read that five teams are interested. It just happened with JT Realamuto yesterday, actually. Somehow JT Realamudo, his camp, obviously that's who did it, leaked that there is interest by the Nats, in signing JT Relamuno. There's been early discussions. That's the key word that you always leak: early discussions, because it doesn't mean that it's real. And it doesn't mean that it's happening. So you're not really lying. But the people who are reading it, like the Phillies who want JT, not the Mets anymore, maybe even the Angels, believe it or not. But somebody who wants JT says, oh, yeah, we have another competitor. So when we read that, if I am the President of the Phillies, if I have Dame Dabrowski, and I know very well that I need to resign JT Realmuto because otherwise John Middleton, my owner, is going to be very upset. And he just hired me and gave me five million dollars a year for four years, and he wants to win. And if we don't resign JT, I'm going to have a pissed off Bryce Harper. And by the way, my team has so many holes in it; I don't want to create another hole. So we better sign him. Oh my God, we cannot let him go to the Nationals. So if because that's in the same division, which makes it even worse. So JT just does a little tiny leak and before you know it, the Phillies are upping their offer. All of this is totally normal and fine. But when you are the Phillies and you know that you put stuff out that's wrong, when you read stuff, you assume it's right. So they assume that the Nats are in on JT. So smoke is the word of the day. When there's smoke, there's fire. That's an expression that I use a lot. When there's rumors going around, If I don't believe that it is the product of a leak and I do my research and I do my end arounds, my back doors, my reach arounds, and I say, hey, there's something going on here because when there's smoke, there's fire. So I chose smoke is the word of the day with Coca. And we weren't talking about, so you want to talk to Samson. We weren't talking about the movie. We weren't talking about blunts. We were talking about Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard. Why is he in the news today? Wait, is he another superstar complaining? Does he want to trade from the Clippers? No, we've talked about it. You know what's going on there. The Clippers are an absolute mess. Players are complaining left and right that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are running the show. We've talked about all these superstars who think that they can make all the decisions some of them win rings and they get that right. Some of them have never won rings. We'll get to that later in the show. And they don't have that right. You know, we talked about that a little yesterday. There's more today on James Arden. But yesterday, word came out of something totally different. And it puts the T in tampering. Here's the story. Nothing personal, loyal listeners. A man named Johnny Wilkes, not related to Jamal Wilkes, not related to John Wilkes Booth, just a guy named Johnny Wilkes. He is suing the Los Angeles Clippers of Los Angeles and Jerry West, who is the, I don't know his title. He's either a special advisor, maybe the president of basketball operations, whatever his title is with the Clippers. The guy who's the logo, the silhouette logo for the NBA, that guy, very famous Hall of Famer. Johnny Wilkes is suing for two and a half million dollars. He wants to get paid. Now, what did he do that would merit a two and a half million dollar payment? It's very simple. He's alleging that he cut a deal with Jerry West to assist the Clippers in making sure that Kawhi Leonard signed with the Clippers when he was a free agent after he left the Spurs. People may not remember that Kawhi Leonard. Remember, he sat out, didn't play for the Spurs. He was hurt. Then he was better. Then he was hurt. He didn't want to play. Forced himself to. Into was it a trade, Coca sign and trade, or was did he just become a free agent? Whatever it was, he ended up leaving the San Antonio Spurs. And there was a lot of talk after he won a championship. Where will he go? And he took his talents to the other side of Staples Center. So Johnny Wilkes claims that he met with Jerry West and said, "Listen, once Kawhi Leonard is available." You're going to need me because I've got a relationship with Kawhi Leonard. I've got a relationship with Kawhi Leonard's uncle. And Kawhi Leonard's uncle is the one who advises Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard's uncle is the one who tells Kawhi Leonard, you should do this, you should do that, you should not do that, you should not do this. Trust me, Jerry, I'm your man. Jerry West goes to Steve Ballmer and says, listen, I'd like you to have plausible deniability, which is a word that I used all the time with our owner, Jeffrey many things I didn't want to tell him because when he was asked by a friend, by a member of the media, by someone in the commissioner's offices, I wanted him to say, Okunide, I have no idea of what you speak. Plausible deniability. To give someone plausible deniability, you actually can't tell them the thing that they're not supposed to know because there is nobody in the world who has George Gervin inside them. You know that reference? God, that reference may be an old reference. George Gervin is a former NBA great, an ABA great. His nickname was the Iceman. The Iceman cometh and delivereth a slam. George Gervin was a, uh, an amazing playmaker, Iceman. So there is no one who's got ice in his or her veins the way George Gervin did. And if you tell someone something they're not supposed to know, and then they're asked about it, and they pretend they don't know because they shouldn't know, and they give that look as though, I don't know what you're talking about, but the person who has any sort of inkling as to how to read people, any person who has the ability to win a dollar playing poker or not be voted out first on Survivor would look at that person and say, whoa, I don't believe you. You know something here. So Jerry West goes to Steve Ballmer and says, I got something to tell you, but I don't know if I should tell you. Maybe I should tell you, but I'm not going to pay. You have to pay it. So if you're going to pay it, I better tell you what it's for, but I don't want to tell you what it's for. Is there any way you'll just give me two and a half million dollars? And Steve Ballmer said, I didn't become a billionaire by just handing out two and a half million dollars to any Tom, Dick or Jerry. What's it for? We need an advantage. You want a ring. You want Kawhi. You told me to get Kawhi. The only way that I can promise that we get Kawhi is if we hire this guy. We pay him two and a half million dollars. But by the way, there's more to this because we're gonna have to give a little shtupo. I know you don't like when I use that word because it doesn't mean anything. It's just a little tiny uh, to the uncle. I've got a list of demands like Jim Carrey and Ace Ventura. Here's what I want, not two and a half million dollars. I'm aiming a little higher. I'm going to want use of a private plane whenever I want to travel. I'm going to want a house in Los Angeles and, if you don't mind, a piece of the team. Other than that, Kawhi Leonard is yours. But if you don't give me what I want, said Uncle Leonard, I am going to take his talents to another team. So there was a bit of nefarious activity going on, or was it? Kawhi Leonard signs with the Clippers. The rest is history. They bring in Paul George, which was a conditioned precedent. They fight, they don't play together. They can't close out the Nuggets. They fire Doc Rivers. They hire Captain Ty Lou, and they're gonna run at it again. What's it called, Coco, when you run back at it? When you, let's run it again. I don't know if that's the expression. When you do something and then you wanna do it again, you say, let's, let's run it back. Thank you, Coca. They're gonna run it back in Los Angeles. So Kawhi signs with the Clippers, but then all of a sudden, Johnny Wilkes says, show me the money. And he channeled Bruce Springsteen, pay me my money back down. No money, no mas. Hey, Jerry. Hello? He's not taking my calls. Kawhi, can you please get Jerry to return my calls? I want my money. Kawhi, will you give me the $2.5 million? You won't, then I'm going to have to sue for it. I'm suing. Anybody can sue, I'm doing it. So he files a suit. And then we get some unbelievable responses. Jerry West, when confronted about the lawsuit, got very confused about how to answer. He said, I am not aware of any lawsuit being filed against me. And I deny engaging in any improper conduct in connection with the signing of Kawhi Leonard. That's like what we used to call in law school, an alternative pleading. I didn't rob that bank. And if I did rob the bank, I didn't kill that person. Jerry West saying, I'm not aware of a lawsuit. The way a lawsuit works is you get served. You've been served. Have you ever been served? I've been served. The way you get served is literally a person, place, or thing enters into your space and actually serves you. And you can pretend you're not home. There can be something called constructive service. Is that still a thing, Coke, in the legal world? I'm 50 years out of law school. It used to be. Constructive service anyway. Someone knocks on your door and you don't answer. They say, hello, it's anti-mame. anti-mame. I don't have an anti-mame. Ah, you've been served." For Jerry West not to be aware of a lawsuit either means one they haven't served it yet, but I'm assuming they have. Or B, he just doesn't want to admit it, in which case the quote you're supposed to give is "I am aware of the lawsuit." And I will have no comment because you don't ever want to say a word publicly that can be used against you in the court of law, not a criminal court, but even in a civil suit. It doesn't matter that he says, I denied, I engaged in any improper conduct in connection with the signing of Kawhi Leonard, because that's not saying much. So Jerry West's comment was pretty bad until the Clippers spoke up. And this one is a nothing personal special. Do we have music for this? What's the nothing personal music that we can play, Coca, when a statement comes from a team or a player that is so outrageous that it makes the show? I'm hearing nothing. Hello, Coca? Oh, what day is it, folks? Oh, it's Friday. Coca's not listening. He's out. It's 13 minutes into the show. He's already doing Loverboy right now. Wait, that's not who sings it. I think it is. Everybody's working for the weekend. Is that Loverboy? Can't remember. Okay, the Clippers. Here it is. Ready? (laughs) Do you know how hard it is when you're doing a show? And I'm not saying that what I do is hard. Trust me, that's not what I'm saying. I don't need to be lauded. I just need to be paid and entertain and educate you along the way. But I'm looking in a camera right now, and there is literally no one near me. Literally. So I don't, I can't read anybody's face. I can't see if anybody's smiling. I can't see if my retention is down to 20% or up to 90%. Have you shut it off? Are you annoyed? Are you laughing? So I just laugh when, like I make myself laugh. I can't react to anyone. (sighs) Clippers, the lawsuit filed by Johnny Wilkes, get ready is replete with inaccuracies and the allegations are baseless. When you are involved in a lawsuit and you are gonna make a public comment, here's a word you don't use, replete. Replete means like filled with stuff. It's, it's like a, an abundance of things. My medicine cabinet is replete with Tylenol, Advil, and Metamucil. <laughs> I was trying to think of the thing you take uh, when you're sick that puts you to sleep and you drink it and it's called something PM. And I can't think of it right now because it's Friday and Coco won't know what it is because he doesn't take medicine, but it's, it tastes like cough syrup and you drink it and it's got some Benadryl in it so you fall asleep and it takes away your fever. NyQuil, oh my God. My medicine cabinet is replete with NyQuil, Metamucil, and Preparation H-Wipes. The lawsuit filed by Johnny Wilkes is replete with inaccuracies. It doesn't have a couple, a few, or one. It's full of inaccuracies. And the allegations are baseless. Okay, let's keep going. The Clippers are fully cooperating with the NBA in its investigation. That's a good sentence, but look what they followed it with after the comma which is standard when these types of allegations are made. (laughs) Okay, people, people cooperating with your league when there is a lawsuit against you and an investigation being done by the NBA is not standard. It is the law. That's like saying we've been sued and we are gonna respond to the suit, which is standard. Yeah, that's true. That's, of course, the law. When you are a franchise in sports, and the commissioner on behalf of the other franchises is investigating your franchise or an employee in your franchise, and then you come out boasting, we are supporting, you have no choice. And you don't say that it's standard. It's standard. That's like saying the following. When the elevator door opens, it is standard to walk out of the door. Okay, thank you. That's very value added. Now we understand what your level of cooperation is because what you're doing is standard. And then they got into the pronoun game. That's a special nod to Kevin Smith, who's listened to the show. In the movie Chasing Amy, one of my favorites, when Joey Lauren Adams starts dating Ben Affleck and she is gay, she says, they, uses the pronoun, doesn't use he, doesn't use she, and her friends say, you're using the pronouns, you're playing the pronoun game. The Clippers use the pronoun game. They said the Clippers are fully cooperating with the NBA in its investigation, which is standard, thank God, when these types of allegations are made. they are providing the NBA with evidence that the allegations are false. Well, if the allegations are baseless, do you also have to provide evidence that they're false? Does an allegation have to be true to not be baseless? Can an allegation be false and baseless? Can someone get something wrong, but they have a reason to think that it's right? Do you think that Johnny Wilkes may have heard from Uncle Leonard what Uncle Leonard was trying to get from the Clippers and then alleges that? Or do you think that Johnny Wilkes had a conversation with Jerry West where he believes that an oral contract was made between Jerry West and Johnny Wilkes to get paid two and a half million dollars? That doesn't make the allegation baseless. It may make it false, but it doesn't necessarily make it baseless. Meanwhile, I can only say this. The NBA has already dealt with this issue. They've looked into Uncle Leonard. They found nothing to be improper. They've got to look again now because of this new lawsuit. And here's where I think this ends. The NBA cannot find, I'm sorry, Adam, but we speak the truth on nothing personal. You cannot find that Jerry West did a deal with Johnny Wilkes because then you'd have to suspend him from the Clippers and he'd be out of basketball. You can't have that. You cannot find that Steve Ballmer engaged in any level of tampering that would rise to the level of him being forced to sell because you need him to own the Clippers. There may be a video room guy you can blame and suspend and fire him, who gets that? Coca, are you with me? Is that is that a reference that is lost because it was so many shows ago? Stay with me. Coca, are you there? Hello, Coca, Coca. The video reference, blaming it on the video guy, does that ring any sort of bell? I would like to allege right now, Red Sox, way to go. My name is Coca. I pay attention to 60% of the show, and that was one of the 60%. Yes. When the Red Sox, when the, Baseball blamed a video guy. Come on. But the Clippers, that may happen here with the NBA because what they cannot have happen is any of, is the owner to get kicked out of basketball for Jerry West to get kicked out. The NBA has a problem because they're very aware of the level of tempering that goes on. Do you think it is impossible that Jerry West offered $2.5 million to Johnny Wilkes to make sure that Kawhi Leonard was going to be a Clipper? I don't. Do you think it's impossible that Uncle Leonard went to Jerry West, Steve Ballmer and Johnny and whoever else, and said, hey, I'm going to need some stuff? Do you think that would be the first example of a concept called payola? Do you know what payola is? Payola actually started. I'm totally opening myself up to a correction here. My view of payola, as learned in Crawford Blagden's class at Horace Mann, while he was smoking a pipe that I, looking back, did not have tobacco in it. God, very inappropriate, as a matter of fact, as I look back on that class. Anyway, learned about payola. Payola is when people pay you to do something that you should not be doing absent for receiving the money. And the consideration of the money you receive is to give something that in a fair fight would not be given. So record stations, radio stations would receive payola, would receive money from record companies to play a certain record heavier in rotation. Food companies would pay payola to grocery stores to get better placement on the shelves. Do you know how important it is to get shelf placement? Oh, Coca just gave me the definition in my ears. Talk slower. Payola in in the music industry, I know, is the illegal practice. Yes. Payment to station. Oh, that's what it is. Okay. So payola is used, I guess, just in radio station parlance. So we got that right. But that really is just a form of tampering right? I'm going to make sure you play my record more than it would normally be played, but for the fact that I paid you. I'm going to make sure that my brand of cheese is in front of the cheese section so more people buy it. Do you know the competition to get into the impulse buy section of the store you go to? Do you have any idea how much money is made from products that are put at the checkout line? Have you noticed, by the way, if you still go to stores in this time of coca that in this, now that's funny. It's Friday in this time of COVID that often it's snake lines on checkout now. And when you're snaking toward the cash register, there's so many more things that are on display to be purchased. That space is gold. That's like prime office space in the middle of a big city. It's like the penthouse. The NBA knows very well that stuff like that is going on because the players know that they control where they're going to go. Therefore, the players have representatives one or two removed so the agents can have clean hands. And they make the teams understand very clearly what they have to do. The NBA is going to have to make a ruling here, but you wait for it. They will not at all find any wrongdoing with anybody whose name you know. In addition, there will be a settlement with Johnny Wilkes, because there's no way they want to go into a court of law with Johnny Wilkes. Because in a court of law, guess what? There's no payola. In a court of law, you've got to tell the, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help me, me. There's no way you got that movie reference. Anybody, the first person to come up with that reference, I'm gonna send a uh, an autograph ball to. Maybe even of me, but probably of, of a player. Do you swear to tell the whole truth? Nothing but the truth. So help me, me. And you can't Google it, Coca. All right, let's talk about CBS. Are you nervous, Coca? Let's do it. Somebody asked about it, so we got to talk about it. You know what I want? I want to talk to Samson. Here's a hint, if you want to talk to Samson, get in Twitter at David P. Samson. Watch the movie Half-Baked. We're coming up on the holidays, which means you can drink some eggnog and get eight eighths baked and figure out where Samson is, who the character is. Bake cookies. I didn't say get baked with pot. I don't think it's called that with the reefer. Just watch the movie. So someone said to me, and it's about CBS, so you knew I was going to choose this question. Smart, smart, because anything I can do to make coca replete with anxiety, I'm going to do. David, we're hanging on by a thread. David, what, are, do you have a done deal with him yet? Relax, Coca. Why is the NFL producing a kid's broadcast? Huh? What, uh, what? Ah, you mean CBS? You said the NFL, but I knew what you meant. Thank you for asking that question. Guess what's happening? So the wild card's coming because Roger Goodell has made sure that the NFL is going to get to playoffs through hell or high Jeff Bridges. The NFL will get to its playoffs. God, I am replete with movie references today. Chris Pine really is good looking, isn't he? My God, what eyes. Can I say that? I think I can. I don't know, Chris. Maybe his eyes are not that color in real life, but in the movie, whew. Of course, wouldn't it be funny if you weren't the guy in hell or high water? But I think he is. So the playoffs are coming in CBS. Tony Romo, the multi million, the six million dollar man married to Lee Majors. They're going to call a game, wild card game. But CBS announced something totally different this year. Never been done. Fascinated me. They are doing. Not a simulcast, which other networks have done. Boring. A simulcast on a kids network. No, they are having a separate broadcast of the wild card game on Nickelodeon. A totally separate broadcast. Different announcers. They're gonna have like SpongeBob and Square Pants involved. They're gonna have gooey, icky, licky, delicious spew all over the players digitally virtually they're gonna do googly eyes they're gonna do their own pre-game show all four kids CBS thought of this they approached the NFL and the NFL could not have said yes fast enough now why is CBS doing this I'm glad you asked What does the NFL want more than anything in the world? What's your guess, folks? Coco, what's your guess? What does the NFL want more than anything? First place. What's your guess? All right, that's a good guess. They want money. Where they get the most money is from networks like CBS. As a matter of fact, rumors came out yesterday that the next broadcast deals could be up to $100 billion. I must have read that wrong. I got to ask Richard Deutsch, was it a hundred million? It couldn't be 10 billion. I think it was a hundred billion dollars. So CBS stands up. They pay for the rights to get live sports content because live NFL content, that's it. How do they make their money back? They make it back through advertising. They make it back through ancillary programming. They make it back through subscriptions and fees that you all pay. They have other networks in the Viacom-CBS family. One of them is Nickelodeon. And the goal that the NFL has, money one, two, building of an audience. Do you remember we've talked about on Nothing Personal, the pipeline of connectivity, where the first thing you need to do is to get someone to know that there's a baseball team in your city, and then you bring them up the pipeline you eventually get them to know the name of the team. Then you get to know maybe that a game is being played. Then you get them to know that maybe who won the game, then the score of the game, then maybe to go with a friend to a game, then maybe to go to a second game, then maybe to buy a partial season ticket plan, then maybe to buy a full season ticket plan. The pipeline of connectivity to your team. That is getting a customer, building customer loyalty. The NFL is very interested in the pipeline of fandom because from fans come potential players and from fans come season ticket holders, corporate sponsors. Imagine that there's a kid right now watching Nickelodeon. He'll watch the wild card game on, on Nickelodeon. He will fall in love or she or they will fall in love with the NFL. They'll fall in love with the product. They'll grow up a fan. They'll engage through fantasy football. They'll grow up into gambling. They'll go to games and then they will go into the working world if they're not good enough to be an athlete. And in the working world, they will potentially be in charge of the marketing allocation of their company and want to do deals with NFL teams because it will bring them back. Nostalgia is an aphrodisiac for marketers. People remove money from their wallet like, they're, like it's a magic potion when they can feel as though that they're rem- reminiscing about something from their youth that makes them feel good. So the NFL wants to get younger, start younger. They don't want the story for kids to be about, oh, my God, I can't remember my name because I have a concussion. They want kids to say, oh, my God, I remember when that player got slimed. I love you, NFL. So when CBS goes to NFL with that idea, the NFL, they had the NFL at hello, obviously. CBS is investing intelligently because they have so much invested. The equivalent to this is when you sign a player to be your franchise player in the NBA like Shaquille O'Neal, and then your owner says, I will not allow you to bring on a free throw coach for $30,000. It's absurd. If you've got an investment in a player and that player can't shoot free throws and you need to invest another $30,000 to improve that player's game so Hack a Shack can stop working, you invest in that. If CBS has invested its billions of dollars in the product of the NFL, you do what you have to do to make that product more popular. You don't rest on the fact that it's the most popular North American sport right now. You want it to be the most popular worldwide sport, you want it to be bigger than the EPL. And to do it, you've got to start young. Why do you think soccer teams, football teams, soccer teams have youth academies? And why do you think that baseball started doing all these youth academies all over? We wanted one in Miami. We had an agreement. I went to a ribbon cutting of a youth academy, by the way. Whatever happened to the Marlins Youth Academy? Asking for nobody. You want to get people playing your game, engaged in your game young. You put them in the pipeline and they grow up. Brilliant move. You want to know why CBS is producing the kids broadcast because CBS knows what the hell they're doing and they're doing it right because once you do it, you don't do it halfway. You do it all the way. You don't do a simulcast. These kids don't want to hear from Jim and Tony. No, they want to hear from people who are going to say kid stuff. You don't speak to adults the way you speak to kids. You have to teach kids certain things. Thanks for the question. Okay we come back we're going to review a movie starring mrs mazel she was not typecast in this movie that i just watched uh the other night and we are going to talk about the fact that yeah you got it right we won our pick of the day and of course i told you we'll get to james harden and we will we will be right back because i'm your woman i don't think that's the name of the song we'll be back
0: Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite.
1: Welcome back to Nothing Personal. My name is David. My last name is Samson. I watch a movie every day or a TV show every day. You know I love The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. If you haven't watched it, please do. It stars Rachel Brosnahan, who I love. She is talented. She's funny. She's delightful. And she is the star of a new movie called I'm Your Woman. When I saw that she was starring a movie, I immediately was gonna watch it. When I saw the name of the movie, I thought it was something Helen Reddy related. I was confused. I thought it was, I am woman, hear me roar with numbers too large to ignore. I thought it was going to be a feminist movie like Mrs. America with Cate Blanchett, which we reviewed, which was phenomenal. That miniseries. Sarah Paulson was in that. Margot Martindale was in that. So I I assumed it was that type of movie. And then the credits start and I have my bowl of Special K with dry roasted peanuts in it. I've got a Zevia ginger ale, except I'm not going to say Zevia because they're not a sponsor. I'm not that guy. I had a Zevia. I'm re- eating my special K, dry, of course, because it's got the dry roasted peanuts in it and that's how I eat my cereal. If there's no fruit in it and I'm not doing the wash hour special, instead I just do dry cereal, which I eat pretty much every day. The movie starts and it says, title, I'm your woman. And you know, I don't read reviews, I don't watch trailers, I just watch the movie. So I'm, I'm, I'm your woman. Wait a minute, that's not, what, what is this about? And all of a sudden, the music starts, and I realize I'm not in for a light treat. I'm in for a serious movie. This movie, which also stars Orinze Kene, is about a woman who's married to a criminal who disappears, and she and her kid are on the run because they're being hunted by the husband's associates. It takes place in the 1970s, and her acting breath is on display. There's nothing funny about this movie. There's nothing clever. There's nothing musical. This is a character piece about a woman, ironically, by the end of the movie, has come into her own. So while I thought that it was a woman, a movie about women empowerment, and then I looked at the title and realized I had it wrong, so it wasn't, at the end, it actually was. That is the beautiful part that maybe I was supposed to think it was I am woman. And maybe the title was purposeful. At the end, Rachel Brosnahan and her character, instead of being the quote unquote housewife who knows nothing does nothing, becomes a woman in charge of her destiny and in charge of her family. It's a movie you need to check out. It's called I'm Your Woman. And Coca wants me to just say, oh, it's I'm every woman, Coca. You're right. It's I'm every woman. I'm every woman. Chuck Khan. I feel for you. We won a bet yesterday, Coca. I'm telling you, we're done with all the the bullshit connections of you and Mikey and whatever. Me, forget college basketball teams I've never heard of. uh, uh, CCCR, forget it. We went back to football because we're on it. And we didn't go with the Jets because we don't win with the Jets because they suck. But we knew that the Raiders had a problem because they weren't playing the Jets, they were playing the Chargers. Chargers, we also knew that Justin Herbert, who we have a wait to see is throwing more TD passes than Tua in 2020, which I think we've already clinched. We're going to win that. Wait to see, Coca. We knew the Chargers getting three points was too much. And boy, they tried to lose, but they didn't. The Chargers beat the Raiders. We're now 39 and 36, and we've got a weekend replete with NFL games. So I want to give two picks for the weekend. One, I know what I'm doing Saturday night. You know what you're doing Saturday night. If you're a Packers fan, you're watching the Packers. If you're not a Packers fan, you're watching the Packers. I don't like telling you to take the Packers minus eight and a half over the Panthers because as a Packers fan, I'd rather go against the Packers because if the Packers win, I'm happy. And if the Packers don't win, I'm happy because then we won the pick of the day. But this game with the Packers and Panthers to me is just a, a, a non-starter. Aaron Rodgers is going to crush the Panthers because he's got an extra day off that he's looking forward to by playing Saturday. It's an easy pick Packers eight and a half, nothing personal pick of the day for Saturday, but we're doing a bonus because it's Sunday and I'll be watching the Patriots Dolphins game. And I was thinking to myself, I think the Patriots may not be able to catch the Buccaneers for that way to see when I said the Patriots would have a better record than the Buccaneers, but there's something about the Patriots when they play the Dolphins that the Dolphins seem to win when they weren't winning any other time. But now that the Dolphins are better in winning, I feel as though now they won't be able to beat the Patriots. And for whatever reason, the Patriots are now actually getting points against the Dolphins. So that basically screamed at me, screamed at me to take the Patriots. So we're going to take the Packers minus eight and a half. We're going to take the Patriots plus three. We'll get back to you Monday, but right now we're 39 and 36. Okay. We're going to close the week I can't find a couple of other things I wanted to talk about. This is when Coke says, just, no, what? What are we, how much time do we have left? Oh, okay. Three, two, one. So we're 39 and 36 with two picks this weekend. Good luck to us all. Wait to see is when we do something and say something and it may happen, it may not, but either way, we're gonna revisit it. I love this segment. We just the other day, I can't remember what day, it was a day this week, we said that James Harden is not going to be a rocket through this contract. The Rockets are going to trade James Harden. And I gave a time frame, I believe, no later than after the 2021-22 season. Then I did a little more work. I started reading the tea leaves and something came out yesterday that I have to do a new way to see because I'm risking losing the old way to see and I'm going to double down on something and explain to you a little of the mechanics that are going on surrounding James Harden because it is a straight CF right now rumors are coming out every mun shtick, every Monday Wednesday which means every 5 minutes More teams are involved in the James Harden sweepstakes they're calling. I like that when there's a trade going on. When we had a player that we had to trade, we knew we were going to trade him because he was unhappy or we knew we were going to trade him because we wanted to trade him and we didn't care that he was unhappy. Anytime we could get a sweepstakes, it means there's a chance that we can both move the money and actually get someone back who's decent. When you know you have no one interested and it's the opposite of a sweepstakes, you try to create the sweepstakes and that doesn't always work if you're dealing with teams who have any modicum of intelligence and an owner who lets their baseball people actually do their work. Ben Simmons, according to reports, is in play. What does that mean? That means that Daryl Morey, the new head of the Sixers, Doc Rivers, the new coach of the Sixers, who have never actually lived with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, want to break up the tandem because they trusted the process and realized that the process is now over. The trust tree has been broken and they need to actually win a ring. And to do that, you better break up these two because they've shown they can't win. Therefore, Daryl Moore comes in and says, you know what? We're willing to talk about Ben Simmons. The Rockets say, "Ooh, you're willing to talk about Ben Simmons. Maybe there's a Ben Simmons, James Harden sort of trade like Westbrook and Wall. You give us Simmons plus like three first round picks and another guy with a heart rate. We'll give you James Harden. Good luck with James and Joel. Hey, it's inside, outside. That'll work perfectly. Daryl Morey in five seconds flat went on the Twitter and said, "Uh ah, nope. Ben Simmons is not available to be traded. I like that because you know what that means. It's almost a guarantee that Ben Simmons is available to be traded. Why Daryl Morey has to talk and respond is beyond me because then you end up like the guy from the Wizards. John Wall will not be traded. Oh my God, I'd like to announce that John Wall's been traded. Just be honest with your fans. Say, I don't think that I'll trade Ben Simmons, but if we get an offer to get better, my job is to win for you. My job is to make this team better. I wouldn't trade Ben Simmons for Babe Ruth. Oh, that's a different Philadelphia team. Okay. What about the Heat? There's a hang-up because they don't want to include Duncan Robinson. Pat Riley doesn't get hung up, I assure you. If there's a hang-up with the Heat, it's that Pat Riley will win that trade and you are hesitant to trade with him as a new GM in Houston because you know trading with Pat Riley means you're going to lose the trade. It's not a hang-up. The Nets... The Bucks could be anybody trading for James Harden. I'm going to adjust the weight to see, and here's why. Because when I start seeing all of this back and forth PR, I realize that there is nothing that Steve Silas can do. There is nothing anymore that the Rockets can do to make it a tenable situation to have James Harden on their team. They don't want to run it back. They brought in Cousins and Christian Wood, and now they've got John Wall, and they think they can try again with James Harden and convince him that he's happy. In my experience with players like James Harden, when they have it in their mind that they're done, that's it. They're done. And I think the Rockets have had the epiphany that they have no choice but to trade him. I think the cat is out of the genie. I think the toothpaste is out of the tube. The Rockets are actively looking to trade Harden, and my wait to see is that this trade will now happen this season. I'm going to update the timing. Now, if he does get traded this season, you know I get to win both wait to sees. If he doesn't get traded this way, this season, I can still win the other wait to see that he'll be traded before next season. The reality is, when the Rockets get together and they talk as a front office. They've gone to Harden and they've had one more try. They put on the George Michael song. They sat down and they said, is there anything we can do? And Harden said, I already have all the power I could ever have. I already am in charge of scheduling. I'm ready in charge of when the team plane and team bus leaves. I'm ready in charge of when I play and when I don't play. What more could I possibly be in charge of? You want to give me a piece of the team? That's illegal. Maybe under the table, two and a half million dollars, because where I'm sitting. You know very well, I'm very sorry, Houston, but for me, it's just business. It's nothing personal.